Oh shit, it's the coin toss. One surprise topic off the rip, two sides of a coin. Trey, heads or tails? All right, let's go with heads. You gotta tap it. Oh, there it right. worked. It's heads. Give me the ball. Trey's got the ball, and you know it, boys. Startup season continues. You're on the clock. Two players on your queue are going to be Hollywood Brown and Traylon Burks. Who you going with and why? Ooh. Um, well, I was checking the ranks before this pod, and I've got those guys right next to each other, but I'll give the edge to Hollywood Brown. I think he's the real deal and kind of an established presence in the league. And while, you know, the hypothetical upside of uh, Burks is definitely higher in theory, uh, you know, I think the risk is so much more for a guy like Burks than it is with Brown. I'll, I'll give me Hollywood, but it's close. All right, Tarek, which way are you going, man? All right. I actually also have these players pretty much right next to each other in my wide receiver ranks. And while I do have Marquise Brown just two spots ahead of Traylon Burks because our own Traylon crying hey. edged toward Marquise Brown. I will go ahead and edge toward Traylon Burks. We know the story here. Uh, the Tennessee Titans traded first round pick for Traylon Burks, six foot two, 224 pounds, had that 45.9% dominator rating in college, just an absolute beast. There's a little bit of concerns about his conditioning slash asthma in early camp but apparently was reading today that that's all behind him you know making some spectacular plays in camp so we're probably going to see his value rise on various ranking services as well um and yeah i like trey said i think Traylon burks just has a higher ceiling uh than marquise brown does kind of has that alpha size speed freak on the outside that um, Hollywood does draw targets, but it's, he doesn't have that same kind of like physicality, that physical presence that we would see out of an AJ Brown, DK Metcalf type player like Traylon. All right, John, break the tie. Well, you know, it's uh training camp season. And if you're not overreacting to training camp news, then you're really doing dynasty incorrectly. So based on the asthma, based on Hollywood's quarterback now having COVID, I think they're both droppable in Dynasty. <laughs> Get rid of them. They're both droppable in Dynasty. <laughs> Get them off your roster, folks. They were already on the bubble. Please right? keep listening. I promise it gets better. Maybe. The takes only get better premiere. That's right. John will stake his reputation on that. <laughs> the fuck is going on everyone welcome in to episode 65 of the long game dynasty podcast a weekly roundtable discussion about dynasty fantasy football i'm your host Tarek angry tibin shria with me as always john alexander trey cryan and mitch yates two weeks in a row all four chucks in the building gotta call it out every time trey what's going on man I'm good, man. This is a fun pod. Uh, this is one that uh, definitely sticks out to me thinking back to last year. So yeah, just uh, pumped and uh, ready to get into it. Yeah, John, we've been uh, starting to do multiples of shows. You know, we're in our second year on TLG. So we're kind of running it back with series we did last year. And today's a very special show. How are you feeling, John? Uh, you know, I think the honeymoon phase is over. And, uh, you know, we're all getting pretty comfortable with each other. So if this is anything like my past relationships, I just hope y'all don't cheat on me. <laughs> Jesus oh, no. Christ. Oh, no. <laughs> Trouble in paradise? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I hope you do cheat on me. <laughs> Mitch, uh, are, are you ready to pop the question to your TLG mates? Uh, sure. Yeah, well, I'm glad that Trey is actually here for the Reputation Player episode this year. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. he didn't make it to the, the one last year, mm -hmm. so... I'm glad you guys are all here and we can make this foursome happen. That's right. That's right. Last year, uh, Tarek had to stand in uh, by proxy. I think I texted all my notes to him uh, the day before uh, you guys recorded last year. But uh, yeah, I mean, I know we already have done a, a recap episode, but um, uh, I mean, my guys last year were, were kind of a mixed bag. You know, I think DeAndre Swift ended up 
hitting that value projection that I said he would, even though, you know, he wasn't really a top 12 running back last year. He did have his moments, um, you know, interrupted by injury. Shoddy B, though, uh, the rookie, he uh, he struggled uh, in his rookie year. But, uh, you know, there's plenty and plenty of opportunity for him in year two. So um, didn't have that Brandon Ayuk year that I uh, projected. But, um, I mean, look at the value now. It's uh, It's definitely gone up since last year. Oh, yeah. Well, Trey, you know who was a top 12 running back? That was my guy, Montgomery, at least points per game, which was my... Uh, which was my projection there for my reputation guy, David Montgomery. Number 12 of 12. Number 12 of 12, <laughs> but he made the damn cut, goddammit. And uh, I had uh, Cortland Sutton as my other reputation player, and that one didn't go as well. But I will say, if you went out and traded for him and got him like I suggested, you're not doing too bad because this year's looking a lot better for him with the arrival of Russell Wilson. So... You know, I don't hate my reputation players of last year, but I think I'm going to get a little bit more bold this year and make some more aggressive bets, if you will. Yeah, uh, Marl, so you kind of got bailed out by that Russ Wilson trade, and uh, I got bailed out by uh, Hollywood getting traded to Arizona, so I'm with you there. I'll take it. Yeah, John, it it seems like Trey and Mitch went ahead and jumped the host's gun there because <laughs> if you haven't figured it out yet, dear listener, today on the show is probably the episode we've been most looking forward to all season, and that is Reputation Players Part 1. So these are players that we are willing to stake our reputation on in the 2022 season. And this year... Different from last year, we are doing one reputation player for all four positions across two episodes. So we already heard from Trey and Mitch about their feelings from their reputation players from last year. But John, remind us who your reputation players were and how you're feeling in the wake of that a year later. Uh, yeah, so I picked Keenan Allen and and Marl said the word boldly. I boldly predicted he could be the wide receiver one Overall, now he was a wide receiver one. I ended up as wide receiver eleven, but uh, I think uh, my my bold guess, my bold reputation take was slightly incorrect because right behind him was uh, wide receiver twelve was Mike Williams. So that kind of uh, put a ceiling on there. But I felt pretty good about Keenan Allen last year, and I feel pretty good about him this year too. Not going to be my reputation player again. I also picked Cole Komet. I I thought. Um, he would be maybe a little bit better than he was. Uh, didn't have a lot of touchdowns. I'm not going to say too much about Cole Komet because we might talk about him soon. Tarek, whose line is it anyway? Who are your reputation players, man? Appreciate that uh, that question, Mitch. Um, my reputation players were Brandon Ayuk and uh, Tylen Wallace. Who? So... <laughs> Now, with Brandon Ayuk, obviously he did not have quite the year I was hoping he would have, but I will say to save a little bit of what's left of my reputation, I did predict that his value would fall throughout the course of 2021 and that he would become a great value, and I think that's borne out right now. Um, I think uh, Brandon Ayuk, according to Keep Trade Cut, is like a low-end wide receiver three. I think that's a smash. I think you should go get Brandon Ayuk. I think he's very good at football, and we'll see what happens. Now, Tylen Wallace, the only thing I can say is I will not be betting on unathletic Big 12 day three receivers. Moving forward, thank you very much. You live and learn, man. Live and learn. And with that being said... With those lessons learned, let's kick off this first half of our Reputation Players Part 1. We're going to talk wide receivers. Mitch, throwing it to you first, man. All right. I'm going with the oldest guy that we're going to talk about today, and it's Allen Robinson. Uh, 29 years old. When the season starts, he's entering that danger zone, and I don't care. You know, he was a former second-round pick out of Penn State. He's 6'2", 220. He's big. And I think one of us had to take an old guy, so I'm happy to be the guy to do it. I think that Allen Robinson will be a wide receiver one this year in points per game. I know that's scalding. I know. But I don't think that if I'm wrong, I'm going to be wrong by very much. He signed a three-year deal, and so if you're in that two- to three-year championship window, I think this guy brings home the ship. And so uh, I don't think this should be scalding. 
Every episode, I've talked about Allen Robinson. He's crept up in the ranks. Uh, last week, I said he was wide receiver 44. This week, he's wide receiver 38. Guys, September 8th, 2021, not even a year ago, Keep Trade Cut had Allen Robinson ranked as the wide receiver 13. Yep. 13. And we're recording this episode on August 1st. Okay, why was he ranked 13? Because he was an excellent player. You know, he was coming off that 102 reception, uh, 1,250-yard season. He scored 16.1 points per game. He was number seven in air yards. And then last year happened, right? The complete 180 that burned a lot of fantasy managers, the 38 receptions, 7.3 points per game. It's bad. But he got out of Chicago and landed in the best possible situation. He's healthy. He's motivated again. And it's like everybody just forgot about him. Like, I feel like my rank of wide receiver 27 is a little bit disrespectful and inconsistent with what I'm saying. But it puts me far enough ahead of market, which is all I really needed to do. Um, he's with Matthew Stafford and the Rams playing next to Cooper Cup, who just led the league in everything fantasy related. Some people had Robert Woods last year ahead of Cooper Cup. So, I mean, it's reasonable to expect some regression, and I believe some of those looks are going to shift A-Rob's way. Uh, there's going to be a shitload of focus on Cooper Cup. There, there just has to be. And if Stafford throws for like 5,000 yards this year, I, I think that there's plenty of food for both wide receivers to eat. So I'm carefully trying to acquire Allen Robinson in all leagues, whether I'm competing or not, because I think his stock is going to be on the rise regardless. I don't really want to throw... Uh, 2023 first round pick into the equation, but I think Jamison Williams for Allen Robinson and Irv Smith is an offer I have in the ether here. Trey and I made a move earlier in the offseason trading away Godwin and Montgomery for a uh, Christian McCaffrey and Allen Robinson. Uh, I would trade George Pickens straight up. Okay, yeah, no, I, I like that, Mitch, and you know. You said some people had Robert Woods ranked ahead of Cooper Cup in the offseason last year. I'll also supplement that with weeks one through nine when Robert Woods was playing, he was the wide receiver 12 in PPR overall and overall scoring, right? So if you think Allen Robinson is overall a better player than Robert Woods was one year ago, then I mean, there's plenty of reason to believe that Allen Robinson wide receiver one season is completely within the realm of possibility. So I just wanted to kind of supplement your take that I ultimately agree with. And I'm also, you know, a good amount of spots ahead of keep trade cut consensus on Allen Robinson. So I like it. I just wanted to ask a real quick question. I'm not saying this is wrong or anything. I'm just curious. Uh, you put a little qualifier in there. You said wide receiver one overall in points per game. Is there any reason you're saying po points per game to stake your reputation on rather than? Yeah, not not wide receiver one overall, just a wide receiver, a top 12 season. You're right, top 12 season, but, but by points per game, uh, I think is what you said. Is there a reason you're saying points per game rather than a top 12 season just overall? I mean, I, I'll say both if that yeah. if that makes okay. it easier. Yeah. I mean, I, that's kind of that's what curious. I'm expecting, yeah. I, I just feel like points per game is a better representation of yeah. what I think he's going to do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and I think I agree with you on the upside. You know, the upside is definitely there in that offense, in that situation. I, I think he's a talented player and he's going to get tons of opportunity to be that, uh, you know, secondary receiving option alongside cup. Uh, I mean, last year was really bad. Right. So I think that that, yeah, that was, risk no that he's potentially washed is why he's so cheap right now. So I don't have an issue at all about acquiring him at price right now. That's why, you know, on the team we mm -hmm. co-managed, we, we went and got him, and I'm, I'm glad we did. I just think there's a huge range of outcomes with Robinson based on what we saw last year. And hopefully we're, you know, he just mailed it in last year and he's still got, you know, a little bit left in the tank. I 100% believe he mailed it in last year. And I think I have to in order to make the take as bold as mine. Like, I think he is just as good as we thought he was when we ranked him at wide receiver 13. So I think the age thing is what is scaring off dynasty managers. 29 isn't exactly young, right? But the three-year contract just makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. I, I think like he's going to ride with Matt Stafford into the sunset. So, I mean, Matt Stafford's going to keep going for it for the next couple of years. 
And Alan Robinson's part of that plan. He, he should be a part of your plans, too. I like it, man. Who, who does he have breakfast with? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the question. Probably yeah. me after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he'll definitely owe you one for sure. All right. So Alan Robinson, first reputation player on the board for reputation wide receiver number two. Let's move to Trey. All right. So my guy this year, my reputation player is Deontay Johnson, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is currently my dynasty wide receiver nine. I've got him in the same tier as guys like Metcalf and uh, Hill, but keep trade cuts, got him all the way down at wide receiver 22. So more than 10 spots Mm. apart there. Last year was his third year in the league, but it was also his best year so far. 107 receptions, 1,161 yards and eight touchdowns, which was good for 17.2 PPR points per game. That was number eight in the NFL last year in points per game. So he turns 26 this fall. That means he should have about five years left to produce. He just put up a top 10 season, but he has plummeted in the ranks. So I just think he's like crazy mispriced right now. And it seems like the market is just totally fading him ever since Ben Roethlisberger retired and Kenny Pickett got drafted. He's actually cheaper now than he was a year ago today. And I just think the market has made the wrong conclusion about him. I think they're viewing Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett as a downgrade where I'm viewing him as an upgrade versus Ben Roethlisberger Mm -hmm. last year. I mean, Big Ben last year, 6.7 air yards per attempt. That was number 32 in the league. He was number 29 in the league the year before. There's no way that either of these uh, quarterbacks are going to be less timid downfield than Big Ben was the last two years. So I just coming off a year where he was number four in target share, number 15 in air yard share, and he got a quarterback upgrade. I think he should be ranked a lot closer to number 10 than number 20 in your wide receiver ranks. So I'm projecting him to finish top 12 in PPR scoring. I'm not afraid of the competition from Claypool or Pickens. He is an absolute steal at wide receiver 22 price. You should target him in all your formats right now. Yeah, Trey, 22 is crazy, man. That's wild. And so I think, and I brought this up in our division preview, I think the only reason that people are fading is because of Ben Roethlisberger's tendency to hyper-target somebody. And so I think they were expecting maybe whomever is the quarterback, whether it's Trubisky or Pickett, uh, to spread it out a little bit more. And I think that's really just reading the situation incorrectly because Deontay Johnson commanded those targets and it wasn't just Big Ben just being Big Ben. So I'm with you, Trey. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can save 25% plus for Johnson, maybe 20%-ish for Claypool and then Pickens will, you know, eat as a rookie. I I like it. Um, I have Deontay Johnson as my second wide receiver in the Scott Fishbowl. I think he's going to have a great season. This is a dynasty show, so I'm going to ask a dynasty question. We've seen a lot of these guys coming into their fourth year get contracts, and Deontay Johnson doesn't have that extension yet. What's what's the dynasty outlook, you think, for Deontay, Deontay Johnson? Do you think he's, his value goes down if he leaves the Steelers or goes up? Yeah, it, it's tough to say because the Steelers were really pass-happy last year. I don't think they will be as pass-happy this year with um, you know Trubisky and Pickett, Uh But as soon as he signs that extension or that contract, whether it's with Pittsburgh or elsewhere, his value is going to go up, right? So I think people are probably like reading into that too much and fading that a little bit more than they should right now. Yeah, yeah, that that doesn't bother me at all, whether he's going into that contract year. There's so many, when you talk about range of outcomes, right? They could franchise him, uh, he could go somewhere else. And the Steelers are pretty much right in the middle of the pack of like where I think passing like you know, where they're going to be in passing. Yeah. So, you know, the situation is 50, 50, literally wherever he may go. So take the upside, take the player, forget about all that other stuff. It's just noise. Yep. I will say exactly what I said during our divisional previews. Like when you are drawing 28% of the targets, you cannot in good faith say that that wide receiver is not earning those targets. Right. Yeah. And you know, to, to respond to, the Big Ben tendency to hyper target a player. Well, that probably happens when you have a player as good as Antonio Brown (laughs) and then a player as good as Deontay Johnson. So don't overthink it. There's no disagreement among the four of us here. We all have him markedly above consensus. Yep. 
And with that, let's move on to John's reputation player wide receiver. And yeah, I, I, I thought long and hard, hard about this one this year. And I said, I got to pick a guy nobody's expecting as my reputation p- player. So for wide receiver, I picked Jamar Chase. And, no, <laughs> Ooh, I'm just kidding. No, spicy. <laughs> spicy. No, no, I didn't. Uh, I picked Terry McLaurin, actually, a guy I've liked, uh, that I've liked a lot in the past. I'm going to stake my reputation on this. Um, I'm going to say that I'm expecting him to be much like Trey said, uh, Deontay Johnson was going to be a top 12 wide receiver this year. That's what I think is going to happen with Terry McLaurin as well. I'm staking my reputation on him being a top 12 wide receiver this year, and I've got him in my ranks as wide receiver 12 overall for Dynasty as well. Uh, that's that's ahead of consensus. Uh, when I looked at the startup data, it looks like he's going right around wide receiver 17, which is fifth round startup value. Um, I, that's too late. I think, I think that's really good value. Um, and I, I don't need to throw a bunch of stats out there because the situation's changed, uh, for McLaurin a lot this year. Let me just kind of set the table for you a little bit here. He was his rookie year, 2019. He was wide receiver 29 overall in PPR. Um, people were very excited about this. They said, oh my gosh, this is a guy I got late second in my rookie drafts, early third, um, here he is. He's a top 36 wide receiver. So really great uh, rookie year 2020, a little bit better, right? He ends up as wide receiver 20 overall. And it's like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden, Terry McLaurin to the moon. But then last year, he regressed, perhaps. Uh, he ends up at wide receiver 25 overall. And people said, well, maybe this guy is a wide receiver too. Maybe that's his ceiling. And I want to dispel that. I, I think that we haven't seen Terry McLaurin's ceiling yet. In the years that I've mentioned, his uh, quarterbacks have been Dwayne Haskins, Case Keenum, Ryan Allen, or sorry, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Kyle Allen, and Taylor Heineke. Ooh. I don't think it's any stretch of the imagination. I don't think this should be co- controversial either that Carson Wentz is the absolute best quarterback that Terry McLaurin has played with. Carson Wentz, who in those three years that Terry McLaurin's been in the league was QB9, QB 22, and then last year, QB 14. We've seen Carson Wentz be able to support a borderline uh, wide receiver one, even last year with Michael Pittman. Uh, The thing that I think is critical here, and what I keep seeing when I'm reading the beat reporters who I trust for the commanders, what they're all saying is, look, in the last few years since we've had Terry McLaurin, we haven't had a quarterback that's been able, been able to push the ball downfield. And that's what Carson Wentz can do. Now, he's going to throw a lot of interceptions downfield, <laughs> but the point being is he will throw it downfield. And I think that's the thing that's been stopping Terry McLaurin from being a top 12 wide receiver the past three seasons. He hasn't been able to get those long touchdowns. He hasn't had that threat, that part of his game. We know he's got the speed. We know he's got the athleticism. Now can he get the touchdowns? And I think that's going to happen this year with Carson Wentz. There's not a lot of competition around him. I like Curtis Samuel. I like Jahan Dotson. But it's pretty clear Terry McLaurin's going to be commanding those targets in this offense. It's his offense. He's the commander of the commanders. He He is commanding the commanders. He's not the supreme commander, but he's definitely up there. So, yeah, top 12 for me this year, top 12 in Dynasty. That's what I'm going to stake my reputation on. Uh, man, you know, there's one thing I do take issue with, and that's the the quarterback pushing the ball and chunking it downfield. I feel like Tyler Heineke, Taylor, what a hanky-panky, whatever, Hanky yeah. whatever his name is, man, that was his game. It was close his eyes and throw the ball as high and as hard as he could to Terry McLaurin. And... You know, he would jump through the ceiling and catch the ball sometimes. But, you know, he's an incredible player. And I I feel bad for putting him at wide receiver 24. And it's not really against him. It's just, and I might be just going completely off vibes here, but I just don't see a way for him to break into that wide receiver one territory with the commanders and now with Dobbins and with Wentz. I just, you know, I can't buy into this, but... I, yeah, I don't know, John. <laughs> it's okay. You don't have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. Yeah, I, I think it's tough to say that um, Wentz is going to be the guy to push him over the edge. I agree with you. I think Wentz is a better quarterback than the other uh, guys that McLaurin has had uh, leading his offenses. Um, but I don't think, you know, commanders are going to win a ton of game just like letting him sling the ball around and, and you know, be a pass-first offense. So. I think the volume might be a little bit low for a 25% plus target share guy. 
And then, yeah, I mean, I think we can hope the touchdowns improve, but I'm, I'm a little bit closer to ADP on McLaurin than you are, John. But I mean, he's a guy I really liked in the past and, and definitely someone I'm cheering for. Yeah, I'm just, I'm rooting for that. I'm, I'm willing the breakout to happen this year, willing it to existence. I am not looking to trade for Terry McLaurin, but I do have a few shares of him that I'm not looking to get rid of either. This reminds me of the Gabe Davis conversation that we've had where mm. I, I don't mind having a piece, like one share or two shares out of my like 12 leagues. That That's fine for me, but anything more, it just doesn't inspire confidence. Don't want to stake your reputation on it? I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Carson Wentz might be the best quarterback he's ever played with. Terry McLaurin might also be the best wide receiver that Carson Wentz has ever played with, right? I mean... Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey, Michael Pittman. I, I I would say Terry McLaurin is a more talented wide receiver than yeah. Michael Pittman. I think if so. I, if you know, if if I had my back against the wall. All right, is it my turn, guys? It's is your it my turn. turn. Let's go. All right, I got to take a deep breath because I'm I'm very passionate about this man. It's Garrett my Wilson. Reputation player at the wide receiver position is Elijah Moore, and I am staking my reputation that Elijah Moore will be valued as a top 15 dynasty receiver by the time the 2022 NFL regular season ends. And John, you mentioned Garrett Wilson. Essentially, ever since Garrett Wilson was drafted 10th overall by the Jets, I have been screaming from the rooftops that Elijah Moore will become a value this offseason, and I truly think that he has. So let's go over what he did in his rookie year, you know, after being a high second round draft pick with a 99th percentile college target share in the SEC. As a rookie, 18.6% target share. That's good. You That's know, it's good. not great, right? <laughs> That's good. But when he started his breakout before getting injured between weeks nine and 13, that target share, 25%. Fantasy points per game in his rookie year, 12.6. Hey, that is good for a rookie. Yeah, it is. Not great, right? But between weeks 9 and 13, that jumped all the way up to 20.1 PPR points per game. Reception perception, 81st percentile against man, 70th percentile versus press. That's good. But remember, this is a guy who was touted coming out of college as a slot specialist. That didn't bear out. He was an outside X receiver. He only ran out of the slot on 16% of his routes. That is incredible at his size and also in his first 13 games, not even a full breakout. This is a player who is on the verge of a truly phenomenal rookie season before going down ahead of week 14. He proved he was very good, and despite that, we're valuing him as a community at about the same place we valued him exactly a year ago. So a high-end wide receiver three. Kind of like Trey talked about with Deontay Johnson. Like, he played really well as a rookie, and we're kind of like valuing him the same, if not falling on him. For me, it's the T. Higgins corollary all over again. Like, And look, admitted, Zach Wilson is not Joe Burrow. But let me tell you something else. Garrett Wilson is not Jamar Chase, and Elijah Moore is even more of a value than T. Higgins was a year ago. So he is going at wide receiver 28 in paid sleeper leagues, according to Adeko's ADP, wide receiver 27 per DLF ADP. Go get you some goddamn motherfucking <laughs> Elijah Moore, and I put that on my mama. Hey, you said uh, number 15 wide receiver dynasty uh, by the end of the season. I'm with you. I've got him close to that right now. So I'm I'm right there with you, man. And as far as the Wilson teammates of his, I'm not concerned about Garrett Wilson either. Like you mentioned, I do think Zach Wilson is the biggest concern when it comes to Elijah Moore. The only way you can derail this Elijah Moore breakout is if Zach Wilson is so bad that that offense basically is unable to function, in which case, you know, maybe the breakout is delayed a year, but I would say I'm not going to bet on that happening. I would say even median range of outcomes or better for Zach Wilson means wheels up for Elijah this year. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering as well. Like, what is that median range of outcomes for him? Because do you think Zach Wilson can get like both Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. I, I'm not necessarily thinking about it in those terms. What I am thinking is that he was 18.6% target share in his rookie year. 
his breakout window before he got hurt was about 25% target share. So I think his median outcome is somewhere around 20 to 22% of targets. And I think with how good he is and what I expect Zach Wilson to progress to at least like a little bit over the complete dog shit that he was in his rookie year, I'm expecting that median outcome at 22% or so target share for Elijah Moore to spit him out at a top 15 dynasty wide receiver. That's what I was trying to say. Do you think that he can get two wide receivers as wide receivers twos, like high-end wide receiver twos? Do you think Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore could be wide receiver twos this year? I, I think they could, but you know, in, in this situation, I think you do kind of have to pick your spot between Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. And even though I love Garrett Wilson, I have Elijah Moore rated pretty significantly ahead of him in my, in my rankings. So to answer your question, like, yes, I think if Zach Wilson, you know, takes a step forward, he can support two high end wide receiver twos in Dynasty. But for now, I'm placing my bets on the guy that I've seen do really well in, you know, on an NFL football field. Yeah. Well, all three of us, Tarek, Trey and myself have. Elijah Moore at wide receiver 15, but John, on the other hand, <laughs> riding that caboose with wide receiver 25. So yeah. got a hater over here. Yeah, you're right. You're you're still ahead of consensus at wide receiver 25. Too, and he John. hates him. Uh, well, I, I uh, in much of it is what you've already said, but I, I'm betting that this offense is not going to support more than one wide receiver. And I'm if it's a startup, I'm taking Garrett Wilson. But that doesn't necessarily disagree with anything you said about your reputation, because I think this year Elijah Moore is going to be the guy um, just because he's already he's already been in the system. He's already understands it. He's already got a relationship with Zach Wilson. So um, going forward, I, I would prefer Garrett Wilson. But, you know, maybe Zach Wilson shocks the world, screws a few more moms. Hey, yeah. And, and just to kind of follow up on uh, Marl's point there, I, I don't necessarily think Garrett Wilson has to finish as a wide receiver too to be considered like a, a rookie breakout. You know, we've seen guys kind of fall in less than that, that showed enough peripherals that we believe in them. So yeah, I, I, it's kind of more like, are, are you believing in this offense taking a step forward this year, which it was pretty bad last year. It's going to be hard for it to be worse. Well, you guys right. know I'm uh, projecting the Jets to be pretty decent this year, so I do think Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson are going to be wide receiver twos. And that would be fantastic. Yeah, I, and let me just say, like, if Garrett Wilson ends up pushing Elijah Moore into the slot, even better. Good. Give it to me. All right. Mic check. It is halftime. I want to ask you guys, like, you know, in order per to prepare for this episode, we had to make some tough decisions, right? We had, there's a lot of guys that we probably would have wanted to be our reputation players for 2022. So in order to kind of relieve some of that frustration, who was a wide receiver reputation player honorable mention for you? Uh, Trey, let's start with you. All right. So uh, we actually talked about him in the coin toss. So my my honorable mention is uh, Hollywood Brown. Uh, he's currently my wide receiver 19, but keep trade cuts got him down at wide receiver 29. So uh, that's enough value for me to trade for him in uh, multiple leagues this offseason. And uh, both of those deals actually went through before he was traded to Arizona. And I think his value has only gone up from there. So I mean, looking at last season, his WOPR was 63%, which was good for uh, number 16 in the NFL. So wide receiver two levels. I think he's going to see similar pass volume in Arizona. And I see him as a 25% target share guy with upside in the range of like 1,100 yards and seven TDs. So wide receiver two kind of looks like his floor to me. And if we're expecting more deep balls and better touchdown luck in Arizona, then there's plenty of upside there to make that a screaming buy at wide receiver 29. I like it. John, who's your wide receiver reputation player, honorable mention? Well, uh, rookie sensation from last year, Jalen Waddle. Uh, he finished the year wide receiver 13 in PPR. And there's been a lot of questions since they brought Tyreek Hill in. Uh, is he going to be able to maintain that? They're both kind of like low A dot guys. They kind of play the same way. Tyreek Hill is probably the better athlete, right? So what does that mean for Jalen Waddle? 
I don't view this as a zero-sum game. We've talked about it last week. I think um, new offense, Tua's getting better here. Uh, I think that it's more likely that both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are successful this year. And uh, I was willing to stake my reputation on it, but I just like Terry McLaurin better, I guess. Okay, okay. Jalen Waddell, I mean, broke the uh, reception record for rookies. You know, not hard to stake your reputation on a top 10 draft pick like that. It's not hard. Uh, hot takes. It's, it's not hard. <laughs> no, no, I, I like it. I'm saying I like it. <laughs> He's calling you a coward. <laughs> Mitch, what about you? All right. I'm going with DJ Moore. And DJ Moore would have been my reputation player if this exercise was based on my most rostered player in my dynasty leagues, or if it was based off a how much love I've given this guy on the pod, but I've spent years ahead of market um, patiently waiting for a QB or an offense or something to arrive in Carolina. And unfortunately, none of that's happened, but it seems like the market and you guys have caught up with my DJ Moore love. So I'm not even the high guy in the pod anymore. Trey passed me. Uh, he's only 25 years old, though. Uh, an absolute target hog. 163 targets last year. Three years over a thousand yards. And, you know, I swear, guys, one day he'll score more than four touchdowns in a season. I swear. Yeah, you were able to slip in some Baker Mayfield uh, shade in that. Uh, you like that? That was sneaky of you, man. <laughs> well, you also kind of buried the lead there. Uh, DJ Moore is old enough to rent a car now. Oh, look wow. at him go. <laughs> Very important. All right. And my reputation player, wide receiver, honorable mention is. Michael Pittman. And like Mitch just talked about with DJ Moore, Pittman is actually my most rostered receiver. I have him in more than half of my dynasty leagues, so he would have made sense for the reputation player. Um, but the reason I went with Elijah Moore is like because of Pittman, I think the market has caught up adequately to kind of how good his sophomore campaign was because he's rated as a borderline wide receiver one on keep trade cut. They added Alec Pierce's competition. Um, please, uh, <laughs> No, <laughs> Alec Pierce, I'm good. Uh, Pittman is a monster. He's got a QB upgrade who likes to feed his primary targets, and I think he will do so more accurately than Carson Wentz was able to. That's my Matt Ryan. Uh, invest at cost in Michael Pittman. All right, let's shift from the wide receivers into the second half where we are going to talk about quarterback reputation players. Mitch. Who's your quarterback? Let's do it. That's my quarterback, Justin Fields, quarterback for the Bears, the 11th overall pick in last year's draft, and the Bears paid up for him too. Two firsts, a fourth, and a fifth. I mean, it looks like a dynasty trade if we're being honest. Uh, Fields is quarterback 10 in my ranks, so I am going to stake my reputation on Justin Fields being a quarterback one this year and beyond. Um, I believe this offseason is going to be the last time that he's this inexpensive. Adeko ADP has him at quarterback 14. His current keep trade cut ranking is quarterback 14. And he's going in redraft around quarterback 16. So I think ranking fields as quarterback 10 is high enough to secure him in a startup most of the time. Um, but what the redraft ranking of quarterback 16 tells me is that the general expectation is that he's going to be mid this upcoming season and he's being held up by his youth and the dynasty ranks. And to me, that's just like flat out wrong. Um, I've watched a good amount of all 22 film on fields and I just want to hit y'all with my quick film evaluation. Uh, he's a pass first quarterback that improvises really well. He gets lateral and looks downfield, like think Zach Wilson, but better. And with that in mind, Justin Fields still had 72 rushes in 12 games last year. And so the stats that stick out to me via player profiler, the big one anyway, is the air yards per attempt. He finished number two in the league with 10.1. And what that means is he's pushing the ball downfield. And then the 420 yards on the ground qualified him for number five amongst quarterbacks. But as you guys know, number one in my heart. And I'm just saying, guys, like Justin Fields is going to be a fantasy points machine. And I don't think he was really left out to dry as much as people and us included are making it out to be like it would have been great if they gave him a stud wide receiver. But, it, you know, it wasn't in the cards. So. 
he stuck with a good running game and John's reputation player, Cole Komet. And then he's got Mooney, who especially excels in assisting fields with that improvision, along with being an excellent playmaker in his own right. So the rest of the wide receivers are bad, like real bad. I'm not going to even like try to debate that. But I think fields with his legs can make up for the absence of that true number two wide receiver. And I just got to throw this out there. If Tannehill finished as a quarterback one the last two years with dudes playing wide receiver in Tennessee that he had, that fields can do that too. Yeah, this is a guy who I considered making my own reputation player. So I, I'm pretty much uh, in in 100% agreement with you here. Uh, fantasy upside for Miles, absolutely. One of the, And I think you kind of already talked to this, but he's being judged really harshly by the fact that he's kind of only got Mooney and Komet as like mm-hmm. his main pass catchers. And it just made me think, like, are we being a little bit unfair? Do we judge other quarterbacks by, you know, tertiary receiving weapons in their offense like i i recognize that mooney is not like the most elite option and Komet hasn't really broken out yet but these are pretty solid pass catchers i think that we need to also consider the bird's eye view here of the message that the organization is sending by not making an investment to support justin fields it's like all the rookie quarterbacks from last year got guys even Mac Jones got a second round wide receiver. The fact that they didn't bring in any weapons for him makes me think that he's being put on notice. And maybe that's just pure paranoia. (laughs) But it's like, to me, I'm just trying to read the tea leaves a little bit here. Like, are we sure that Justin Fields is the guy in Chicago? And I think he is, but I'm not positive. And that's the only reason that I'm given. I I wouldn't put him in the top 10 this year for, for sure. I mean, to be fair, that Tyquan Thornton pick by uh, the the Patriots in the second round almost as bad as the Velus Jones oh, pick don't, in the third don't round. Oh, don't my guy Velus, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not hating on him, but it was a bad pick. Anyway, they were both bad picks. I, I I agree with you, Justin Fields. I mean, with the ability to push the ball down the field, his willingness to push the ball down the field, and the fact that hopefully, fucking Luke Getzky, the new offensive coordinator push it like put put some more designed runs into the offense than Matt Nagy did because Justin Fields is fucking elite at running the football. He is like a top three or four rusher in the entire league. Well, yeah, exactly. And as I mentioned, he had 72 rushes in 12 games without even like a whole lot of designed runs. Right. Now, one thing I wanted to say before we move on with the Deshaun Watson news that came out today um, I'm trying to get out of Deshaun Watson shares for fields if I at all can, because a lot of people are going to be moving Deshaun Watson up into the top 10. And I think that this would be the time to just if you want to get out of that, get out of that. And I think that would be straight up a, a good trade for you. OK, OK, I like it. All right. Let's move on to Trey's reputation quarterback. All right, so we already talked about him last week, but I'm going to stake my reputation on uh, Tua Tungavailoa. And, uh, you know, we you challenged me last week, Tarek. You said we're not even sure he's all that good. And, and hey, I'll, I'll agree with, with we're not sure, but the accuracy ratings from last year just show a lot of top 12 performances across the board for him. His accuracy in the red zone, his accuracy with deep balls, his accuracy under pressure. All of them were top 12 uh, in the NFL last year. So I'm really not buying that narrative that he's not accurate. And really the price is driven down right now by the concern about him losing his job. Right. So my bet on Tua is that I think he belongs as a starter in the NFL and I'm betting on the breakout because they upgraded the coach. They upgraded the wide receiver room and he's going to be healthier this year. I mean, start with the coach, right? The offensive system last year, they obviously had the governor on Tua But now we've got Mike McDaniel coming in town with an offensive system that had Jimmy G up to number six in EPA per play last year. Like if they can do that for Jimmy G, I think they can do that for Tua too. I mean, the wide receiver upgrade is obvious. You've got last year, his best weapon was uh, a rookie Jalen Waddle. Now he gets Waddle in year two, plus he gets Tyreek Hill. And yeah, I mean, he's another year removed now from the hip surgery and he's no longer dealing with the rib and the finger fractures that slowed him down last year. So at his age, I think his dynasty value is definitely going to shoot up uh, when all he has to do is put up like a high-end QB2 year this year, 
and get some kind of like long-term commitment from Miami saying, hey, he's going to be our starter next year, the dynasty value is going to go up. I'm betting the market views him as a top 12 dynasty QB by the end of this year. All right, I, I guess I'll I'll go first. Um, you know, Trey, you, you know I hate it, as you know, uh, according to my ranks. But the more that you guys, and by you guys, I mean you, Tarek, John, the more you guys have been talking up to, uh, I've been coming along gradually here. But Welcome what to I, TuaNon. What, <laughs> what I can't get myself past is, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, is the whole risk of losing the job thing that you brought up. I really think that that's it. I think that if the Dolphins miss the playoffs or do poorly this year or Tua does poorly this year, they still have that good wide receiver room that they could plug in a new quarterback in and keep that train going. So um, just I haven't seen it yet in Tua, but like if there's there is absolutely reason to be optimistic, uh, no doubt. I think that I'm just priced out, and for me, he's just a player I'm okay with missing out on because he doesn't offer the Konami code. All right. I, I am going to just essentially defer to the conversation that we had on our Polarizing Players episode, but I will say, Trey, you know, uh, and I, I, like I said last week, I'm willing to be optimistic about Tua Tungavailoa. PFF Eric, Eric Eager, he has done studies that show that clean pocket completion percentage and clean pocket accuracy rating is among the most stable and predictive metrics that we have for quarterbacks. Okay, so bearing that in mind, last year, Tua Tungavailoa's clean pocket completion percentage of 72.1%, number 10 in the league, his clean pocket accuracy rating of 8.1, number five in the league. So I'll add that on to those, you know, accuracy stats that you that you referenced in your little spiel there. And I will say I am willing to be optimistic about your reputation quarterback to a tongue of Iloa. Yeah. And and I think there's legitimate concerns about him losing his job. Right. And and so I'm betting that that doesn't happen. I think this is going to be a good enough team to where they're either going to get the wild card spot or just barely miss it, which is what happened last year. And, you know, really what the worst case scenario is realistically, in my view, is that if he does lose the job, then he's starting elsewhere in the league. Look at what happened to Baker Mayfield yeah. this offseason. He, he's not going to be completely on his ass, I think, if he loses his job. And that, that's that's a good hedge to that point that Mitch made. What do you think his ceiling is, honestly? Yeah. Like best I, so, case scenario? Yeah. So the ceiling play is definitely real, right? But I mean, look at where people are valuing guys like Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, even Mac Jones, right? A fellow... Uh, younger guy, I think without the Konami code, yeah, he is blocked out of the top six, but mm-hmm. there's just a huge misprice in the market right now because of all of this, you know, risk concern. And I'm saying you can cash in, go from a guy who's outside the top 20 to a top 12 guy in one off season and, and profit a year from now. All right. Good, robust discussion about Tua Tungabailoa <laughs> for the second week in a row. John, let's move to your reputation quarterback. Yeah, I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence here. Um, and I'm going to stake my reputation on Trevor Lawrence being a top 15 quarterback this year and a consensus top 10 quarterback in Dynasty by next offseason. Um, now, that might seem like a hot take and not a hot take at the same time. Uh, let me give you a couple reasons why. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, QB 22 on the year last year as a rookie, first overall pick. Uh, but that his value seems to be somewhat insulated because in startup drafts, still going as QB 12 or QB 13, which is a third round startup value. Uh, so to say that he'd be a top 10 quarterback isn't that big of a jump. But you'd think after last season, maybe uh, maybe that would have dropped more this offseason because some people and I heard it around I heard people saying is Trevor Lawrence a bust we got to remember that this guy had one of the best quarterback profiles ever coming out of college when we were talking about him in our rookie profiles last year without question he was everyone's QB1 like this guy is a guarantee and because of that I'm ready to forget about completely throw away the Urban Meyer year call it an aberration so what I'm expecting is a big step up uh, this year. And like I said, I expect him to be a top 10, top 15 
QB for fantasy this year. And I expect him to be valued as he was prior to the draft last year. Like, look, this guy, when he won the national championship as a freshman, could have been drafted first overall. 2020, if he was not a sophomore, if he was a junior, Joe Burrow wouldn't have been the first overall pick. Trevor Lawrence would have been. I think we have every reason to believe that Urban Meyer was at fault. And I think there's a line of players this offseason who are confirming that. And I think we're going to see the best of Trevor Lawrence and people are going to remember why he was being valued as the next quote unquote Andrew Luck. So I'm going to stake my reputation on that, even though he plays for the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. And John, I'm, I'm with you on the current price for uh TLA. I think it's a, a decent investment, especially for a rebuilder. Um, I, I think you're absolutely right too. Like we can throw out the rookie year and call it a wash with, you know, apparently the worst coaching staff in the, uh, the history of the NFL. Right, if you listen to right. the, these off season reports, <laughs> I do think the risk with a guy like, uh, T law right now is probably just as high as it is with guys like fields and Tua who we just yeah. talked about. Like, I do think he is probably one year away from losing that starting job potentially mm. if he has another year, like that's you know, outside the top 20 or whatever of, of quarterbacks in the league. So I, I just think there's just as much risk with him as the other guys we've talked about. And his price has been a little bit more insulated than theirs has. So I'm okay with the price, but he, I think I view him just, just as carrying a lot of risk too. Yeah. I will say guys, I think he loses all of his insulation if he goes out next year and has a clunker. I mean, if yeah. he shows two years in a row of sucking, but the optimism that I got is the same optimism that I had with Justin Fields in that Trevor Lawrence had 73 rushes last year. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's pretty good. And we saw that he was really mobile in college as well. You know, I'm looking at my ranks right now. I got Trevor Lawrence at 14, which is behind Rodgers and Stafford. And I, I think I think that's a mistake. I think I need to move him ahead of those guys because of his potential and his ceiling and he's got the Konami. And if, if we can delete last year, which I'm not as willing to do as you guys, but mm -hmm. uh, if we do that, like, yeah, he, he could be a top 10 guy. So John, I'm into it. Yeah. I I'm not quite as willing to delete the rookie year and how terrible it was on the basis of urban Meyer as John is, but at the same time, like, Yes, I like the rookie profile, the the college profile is elite. Like Mitch said, 73 carries, that was number 5 in the league. He had 12 red zone carries, that was top 10. And you know, I just talked about clean pocket accuracy rating with Tua and Trevor Lawrence's was 7.8, which was number 13 among quarterbacks. So, you know, there's 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 room for optimism there. Uh I totally uh, can vibe with this and I'm rooting for him. And also I think Doug Peterson is like a legitimately good dude, legitimately good coach. And I think he's going to do a lot more to put his players in a position to succeed yeah, than definitely. old mm -hmm. butt grabbing Meyer. All right. <laughs> old two hands. <laughs> Let's close the show out with my reputation quarterback. And that is you know, we, we've talked about a few guys who can rush really well in, in this episode. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the guy, and that is Lamar Jackson. I am staking my reputation that Lamar Jackson is roundly considered a tier one quarterback by the end of the 2022 season. Look, he's still considered an elite dynasty quarterback. Like, I recognize that. But the thing is, like, the value... Delta between him and the top three guys, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert, it's too large in my opinion, and that offers opportunity for dynasty managers. First, I will say I think Lamar Jackson is a better passer than he gets credit for in the media. He's cleared seven yards per attempt in the last three seasons. He had the second best passer rating in the league in his MVP year. And last year, you know, he was around league average in passer rating. So to me, what that body of work indicates is that as a passer, he's somewhere between good and very good. And obviously, this is not just a rushing quarterback. It is literally the best rushing quarterback the NFL has ever seen. And even last year, when he ran less than he had been the previous two years, 
And in only 12 games, he had the second most total carries at the position and the most carries per game by a long shot at over 11. He is going to get his rushing work. I promise you that. If I'm in a super flex redraft league, I am taking him 101 without blinking because to me, he's got the path of least resistance to be a top five, top three, top one quarterback in fantasy in 2022. And he is a tier one quarterback in dynasty. Everybody's just, you know, slow to realize it. Well, I love this, but I'll let you guys retort. Well, hey, I mean, this is another guy I was thinking about for my own uh, reputation player. So there's a lot of consensus with me and you guys uh, today. Um, I've acquired him in multiple leagues this offseason as well. I agree strongly he should be the QB4 in Dynasty right now. And yeah, I mean, this might, I think this is just an injury discount, right? Like he missed yep. a lot of time last year with that serious ankle sprain. Uh, there were issues with the back uh, kind of earlier on in the year too. So yeah, he's coming off of some injuries. His price is low. And I think this is an opportunity to kind of move within a tier as uh, Tarek is suggesting and uh, just get some extra value and maybe a championship with a guy like Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Mitch, John, let me just say like one thing I didn't offer the listener is like actionable advice with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I yeah. think it is possible in many dynasty leagues to trade away one of those top three quarterbacks, Allen, Mahomes, and Herbie. Uh, for Lamar Jackson and any first, right? So 2023, 2024, like if if you can get a first along with Lamar Jackson, do it. I would do it for uh, a 2023 second. So if I have one of the top three players uh, at the quarterback position, according to Keep Trade Cut and all the other ranking services, I would trade away them for Lamar Jackson and a 2023 second if push came to shove. All right. Shout out to Stan Man. Come talk to me in our listeners league. I have Patrick Mahomes and would like to have a discussion with you. Oh, all right. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure I would trade uh, Patrick Mahomes for Lamar Jackson myself. Uh, but just looking at the numbers from last year. Lamar Jackson in a first? Because uh, I didn't say Lamar Jackson. I, I said Lamar Jackson in a first or a 2023 20, second if you have to. I'm not okay, doing a so, second, by the way. But Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> points per game last year, 22. Lamar Jackson, 21.1. So yeah, if I'm getting a first, hell yeah. Uh, but I, I'm not sure I would do Josh Allen for that. Josh Allen's okay. just on a different stratosphere right now. Uh, I think that we could maybe reasonably make Josh Allen tier one and then a bunch of guys right below it. And then I think you could reasonably say Lamar Jackson is in that tier. Uh, I, I mean, I don't hate it. I think he's got a better, as good of a chance as anyone else to be 1.01 uh, for any player in Superflex this year. Uh, but that being said, I think that a lot of guys have that. I, a guy like Joe Burrow, I like. Uh, I think Dak Prescott has that a chance to rise up to that stratosphere this year. Uh, so I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I do kind of disagree with the idea that he's the only guy that could rise up into that stratosphere. Uh, I think there's a few guys that can make that jump. Kyler. Kyler's Kyler, on yeah. the table. Kyler. Yeah. Kyler could do it too. I never said he was the only guy. Uh, okay. I just I'm said sorry. like he would. I'm not trying to put I mean, words and, in. And, and you know, another thing I will take issue with what you said, like Josh Allen is in another stratosphere. I mean, Lamar Jackson has reached a points per game threshold that Josh Allen hasn't even sniffed in that MVP year, right? And yeah. Lamar Jackson is even younger than Josh Allen. So, you know, I, I take issue with that a little bit, but obviously over the last two years, yes, Josh Allen has been in a, in a different stratosphere than Lamar Jackson. I just, I think like Trey said, I think it's an injury thing. And uh, I think I, I think it's it's time to acquire Lamar Jackson. I think if you can do it, if you can do, I wouldn't do Josh Allen, but if you could do Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes for Lamar Jackson in a second, yeah, I think I'm on board with that. Okay. I would do Josh Allen, but I have Mahomes above Allen anyway, so point is okay. moved. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right. So let me just do a quick recap. Uh, our wide receiver reputation players, Mitch, Allen Robinson, Trey, Deontay Johnson, John, Scary Terry McLaurin, and Tarek, Elijah, motherfucking Moore. Our quarterback reputation players, Mitch, Justin Fields, Trey, Tua, the Hawaiian, Tungavailoa, John, Trevor, I ain't got Urban Meyer no more, Lawrence, <laughs> and Tarek, Lamar, motherfucking Jackson. Where are my nicknames? This is bullshit. I think it's clear, guys, <laughs> that I got the motherfuckers among these eight players. Like, I... I 
indisputable. You didn't take Zach Wilson, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> I got the motherfuckers. I mean, I didn't take Zach Wilson. You're right. But I did take Elijah Moore. Ooh. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and go out on limb and say Lamar Jackson, probably even more of a motherfucker. So. All right, that's going to do it for episode 65 of The Long Game, Reputation Players Part 1. Excited to get into the running backs and the tight ends next week. We love you guys. See you then. See you. Bye. Later. Thank God, just a